This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I am Holly from Community Waikato and I have with me Jovi from Hamilton City Council. Welcome Jovi. Kia ora, Holly. You've been with Hamilton City Council for quite some time now, haven't you? Seven years. Yeah, it's fantastic and doing a great job um, working largely across our ethnic communities in um, Hamilton City and, and there are a lot of different ethnic communities in Hamilton City. Yes, we say we've got about 160 ethnicities and over 80 different ethnic groups. Okay, I'm going to ask. <laughs> you know I'm going to ask. Yeah, okay. What is the difference between an ethnicity and an ethnic group? So ethnic groups would be like a Chinese group, a Filipino association, an Arab friendship group. But the ethnicities are the ones that we count on um, census. So, for example, you can say ethnicity Filipino, but there's a further layer to it saying Ilocano or Cebuano. Same with uh-huh. Indians. You can go... Indians, but then you could also go Punjabi, Kerala, and, and all yes. those different groups. <laughs> wow! So, so we have a lot, yes, <laughs> a, a broad representation in Hamilton City, which is, I think, absolutely fantastic. And today we're going to talk a little bit about that. I, I suppose more specifically about welcoming those communities um, to Hamilton City, and the council is working on a plan. Yes. So, tell me about welcoming communities. Yes. So Welcoming Communities is an Immigration New Zealand uh, initiative, but it's not just a New Zealand thing. It's actually an international thing. Is it really? Yes. So uh, there's Welcoming Communities in Canada, in the States, in Australia, and then New Zealand looked at it and I suppose uh, localized it. So and does each of, the, do each of those other countries also have a kind of localized um uh, flavor of what welcoming communities looks like for them as a country? Yes, that's right. So there are standards or elements uh, that go into welcoming communities. And for ha- uh, for New Zealand, we've got eight uh, standards or eight elements that we work towards. Okay. I'd- I'm going to ask if you have those eight standards here. Oh, look, isn't that fantastic? So what are the key things that we'd be looking to include in that plan? What are the standards? Yes. So these are the key standards or and under this would be. So this would, in other words, have eight major outcomes and under that sub outcomes. But just to give you an idea, there's inclusive leadership, connected and inclusive communities, civic engagement and participation, welcoming communications, welcoming public spaces, equitable access, economic development, business and employment, and culture and identity. Fantastic. So they're quite broad, um, you get those sort of standards of what you're trying to achieve, which is, I think, fantastic. One that jumped out at me is that civic engagement. Um, I remember I've, I've been door knocking at times of elections, and it surprised me how many of our permanent residents didn't realise they had a right to vote in um, local body and central government elections. So, you know, that is quite yes. an important, um, you know, 
it's an important way to participate in the democracy of our country. So yes, it is. And I think one of the reasons for that is that not many countries, I think New Zealand is just one of three countries that allow non-citizens to, to vote. vote. So they ah. think, oh, I'll come to New Zealand, I'm not a citizen, I don't need to vote. But yeah. they need to know that information, they that they can participate. Yes. Yeah, I think it's fantastic because they're obviously uh, participating members of our community. So, so I think it's great, especially if they've committed to become a permanent resident then they have a vested interest in the country, don't they? Yes. But when we also talk about uh, civic participation, yes, it's usually about participating in local elections, but uh, community should know that it's not just about participating in local elections. Things like volunteering, participating in the various events of the city and those hosted by other organizations would form part of your civic engagement. Yes, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, so we're talking about people um, coming from other countries to New Zealand. Does that include refugees and migrants? Because they're two quite different groups as well, aren't they? Yes, that's right. So welcoming communities uh, was conceptualized mainly for uh, migrants, refugees and international students because they're the ones that are usually newcomers to uh the country. Yes, no, that's absolutely fair. So, so you said that, um, and you like these are the standards, and it gets nuanced, um, I suppose, for the place it's coming to. Um, how might it differ in New Zealand, and would it differ around New Zealand? Is this is, are we developing a plan for the whole of New Zealand or for Hamilton City? And so, do you know what I mean? Is it yes, likely yes. to be different in different places in New Zealand? So, the standards are the same across the country. So, if a city comes along and wants to d- develop a plan, then they have to follow the standa- standards. And there are, like I mentioned, main outcomes and sub outcomes under it. But depending on where they're at, sitting in terms of settlement, then the plan that they will develop can differ. And I can tell you that, and I'm proud to say, that Hamilton is actually doing amazing in terms of settling migrants, refugees, and uh, international students. So if you compare Hamilton with some other smaller uh, cities, then you would really note that their plan would be different from ours. So, for example, I forgot which city, but one of the plans had something around develop um, uh, a resource so that new migrants or newcomers can have all the information. But, of course, you know, we've been producing that resource for more than 12 years now. And some uh, councils have already adopted that, like Taupo uh, Council. Yes. So if we're doing um, rather well, why do we need a plan? Because we can't just rest on our laurels. And uh, as city as a whole, we say we're proud. We've got 160 ethnicities and council and councillors knew that. And we do se- do a lot of celebrations, but we shouldn't just rest on watching all these dances or eating all the diverse food we need to move the needle and that's the challenge because what else i suppose the main question is what else can we do we do all these amazing things but what else can we do to make it better because obviously there's still a lot of challenges yeah and i think the other thing that you mentioned like when you talk about those standards you talked about basically being able to measure them and that's the other thing too is that we might do some good things but do we know how effective they are yet and and how do we know that we're doing a good job until we start putting something around it and 
and actually checking that out. Yes. So we could put out a resource. If we write it in a way, though, that other people can't actually understand it, then it's not an effective resource. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So with this too, uh, yes, we're wanting to make sure that, oh, yeah, we, we want to make sure that it's not just an airy-fairy kind of <laughs> plan where we, you want to be um, intentional about it. Yes. And we want... Um, activities and items there that we can actually do so we can say in three years we have set this up mm. or in five years we are going to change this particular um, issue or yeah. uh, aspect of the plan yeah so if, if the council ends up designing this plan is it all about the activities the council does or is the council wanting to work with other um, communities in Hamilton City to help deliver on the plan? So yes, although council is the one leading it and was accepted into it, it is not a Hamilton City Council plan. This is where I say we welcome organizations, everyone in the community to come and see what you can do so that we can make things better in Hamilton for mm. our newcomers. So organizations like uh, Community Waikato. So it's not, mm. uh, what I'm saying is it, it shouldn't be just the usual settlement organizations that yes. would be involved. So yes, HMS Trust, yes, Red Cross, yes, Refugee Orientation well, Center. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I mean, they, they're clearly going to be at the table. Yes. Um, and important partners in this. Yes. But then how does an organization that doesn't, um, you know, target necessarily. Um, so I'm thinking, what about a community house? How might a community house be involved when, say, they walk, work with a, a broad community? Um, I'm, I'm sure they can be involved, but yeah. how would you imagine they might partner with council in this project? Yes. So the idea of this welcoming communities is not just about settling. So it's not about settling newcomers. Yeah. It's about the coming together of host communities and local communities if you know what i mean so it's yeah. not just so it's about how we live together as well yes. and how we connect as communities um and all our diversity yes so i'm thinking for example um community um tea yes. um it's, it's an, a, a monthly dinner event run in the melville glenview area yes and you know there's been great connections built with sharma and and with the community houses and with the churches and there's a lot of ethnic diversity at that space which is brilliant it's a it's been a wonderful way to connect people who attend Sharma um, with people who call into the community houses. Yes, so that's yeah. uh, an example of something that we are already doing. doing. Yeah. But if it's only Glenview that's doing that, is there an opportunity for other community centres yeah. to do their own tea yes. sessions? Yeah, <laughs> or, or it could be a, a morning tea or something, or it could yes. be a bring you know shared food event or a dance event yes. or so you know we have neighborhood day across mm -hmm. new zealand yes but is there any way for example that we can expand that so that it's more inclusive of our newcomers yes, yes. yeah because it can be quite isolating isn't it like if you're new to a community um 
you know, and then you add on top of that, perhaps um, English might not be your first language, um, that you don't already have family kind of nearby, or you know, so it could be quite isolating and difficult to know how and where to reach out. So, as part of this plan about creating more obvious pathways for connections, yes. So, the welcoming communications, I say, would be one of those. Ah, oh, yes. So, we want to make sure that. Once they realize they're going to Hamilton, how do they find those information and how do they make those uh, connections? Yeah. Refugees, for example, are in a way in a better position because Red Cross uh, receives them so and facilitates. This, there's a wraparound. There's a wraparound service. Yeah. But that's not true for the rest of the migrants. Some just come directly to their employers and start yes. their job and don't even have time to look around and see how they can connect. Where's their GP? How do they find a school? Or yes. do they even want to connect with their communities in Hamilton? Yeah. yeah. It would be great actually if we could go through um, these standards and get a bit of a sense about um, what might sit with each of them. Just before we do that though we're, we're going to take a very brief break, just a little bit of a musical interlude. And when we come back we'll just yeah, spend a bit more time thinking about those standards and of course encouraging listeners to think about how you might um, participate in um, supporting the development of this draft.
listening to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm here with Jovi from Hamilton City Council talking about the Welcoming Communities Plan that's currently being drafted by Council. It's based on an international model but being... Um, being tweaked to fit the New Zealand context, but also even more so tweaked to fit um, the Hamilton City context as well. Um, Jovi's talked to us about the eight different standards, and we're just going to spend a little bit of time um, talking about what those standards are. And I think the first one was inclusive leadership, Jovi. Can you explain what that means? Yes. Uh, so this one is really has got a New Zealand flavor. So it talks about local government, Tangata Fenua, and other community leaders working together to create, advocate, and continue to foster welcoming and inclusive uh, communities. And I think that is very important. Uh, for many new migrants, they just go straight into the community, not realizing that we have an indigenous group of people here who are people of the land. Yes. And not many of them know about them or even learn about them until later. And yes. unfortunately, often what they hear would be negative things. That's right. Yes. I'm just thinking that, you know, getting um, some of those media messages that haven't always um, told the Māori story well. Yes. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because many also of the migrant communities that come to Hamilton also have a colonial history. Yes. So if they knew more about the Maori history, they could actually identify more closely with Maoris than the general. Yes, I think that's a very community. good point. So, so, what does it look like? What does inclusive leadership look like? So, inclusive leadership uh, says that our leadership should also reflect our population. And if you're following our, we've mentioned already, diversity, do does our leadership represent the people yeah. on the ground? And I, we know it's not just in Hamilton, but across New Zealand, that more could be done yes. to improve that leadership. And it's not just for ethnic communities, but even looking at uh, Maori um, being part of the leadership board. Yes. But in saying that, I'm also pleased that Hamilton City Council in particular already have the Mangai Maori and recently we voted Maori wards into a... Absolutely. That's a big win and that definitely fits nicely or perfectly into uh, inclusive leadership. Yes. Uh, In relation to that too, um, within City Council, because it's not just about the city, so before we even go out to the city, we need to make sure that council itself internally are also doing these things. So and, and it's and there's a message in there as well, I would think, for community organisations to reflect for themselves, are we also um, reflecting that inclusive leadership? Yes. So, you know, we can we can all take that time and take, um, I suppose, the principles from this and really look at how we reflect those in our own practice. Yes. So I was just saying in council, for example, uh, and I'm pleased that council is already looking at developing a diversity and inclusion policy. Yeah. And what that means would be things like uh, hiring practices. How do we uh, welcome new staff into council? And, you know, diversity and inclusion is wider than nice. just ethnic uh, diversity. I don't think we'll have time to go through all of them. But another one that was really interesting was around business. Um, yes. so, and we spoke a little bit about this off air. So if we could just touch a bit on that too and what it is the plan is trying to achieve by, by holding the standard up. So this one talks about communities maximizing and harnessing economic development opportunities that newcomers can offer. And we know that New Zealand is a small country 
it grows a lot because there's a lot of migrant skills that have come into the country. But in saying that too, we know there's a lot of challenges and issues around employers and employment related to businesses. So what we're saying here is there should be an opportunity for our business organizations to really take care of their employees and make sure they give them the the mana that they deserve being part of their organizations. Working in the settlement uh, sector, uh, me personally, in my work, I can get too involved with just the usual settlement organizations <laughs> and not as much with the business community, but we know there's a very close link between our migrant, migrant skilled force, and then even our former refugees coming to New yes. Zealand because everyone wants to contribute uh, by being uh, employed in the community. So yeah, we're really saying out there, what can the Waikato Chamber of Commerce do? How can they contribute into this plan? Mm. How can the Hamilton Central Business Association also contribute to um, mm. this plan? That, I think that's really exciting. Um, you've also got a culture and identity there. Um, and so I'm curious to know what, what you're meaning by culture and identity. Is that retention and bringing that culture and identity into um, Hamilton? Or is it about uh, people coming to Hamilton City learning about our culture and identity? Uh, so both. So it's receiving communities and newcomers share and celebrating the culture. So it's not losing your yes. culture, but retaining yeah, it. And absorbing and a new yes. one. <laughs> and sharing each other's culture. So yeah. really learning from from each other. I, I, I love that. I, I think that's fantastic. We have some really neat events at the moment. Um, Indigo Festival, the soccer. Like there's some really cool things that happen that are wonderfully intercultural and um, have some really great outcomes, but I, I love the idea of being able to grow that across our city and across different um, platforms for opportunities. Yes, so you've meant mentioned those um, events, and I'll just touch back on Indigo Festival. So Indigo Festival really started as a gathering of cultures, so celebrating all mm. those different uh, cultures, because at that time, the community groups were just small. But over the years, the community groups became bigger and started their own celebrations too. But what we did last year was we uh, collaborated with the Hamilton Garden Arts Festival. And I think that's a good collaboration because uh, Indigo Festival will provide the cultural part of it and bring in a different flavor to Hamilton Garden Arts Festival. I, I think so too. And the other opportunity about that is connecting um, the rest of our general public to the Indigo Festival. Yes. So for those who perhaps um, it's outside of their circle, their sphere, um, they wouldn't perhaps know it was on. This is an opportunity um, to for them to come across it and then really get to experience something wonderful. Yes. Hey, um, we've only got a couple of minutes left and, and I know that getting feedback and input from community is really important. So I just want to ask you about how the community might contribute to this plan and what's their role at this point? So if they think they can contribute something uh, as an organization or even as an individual, um, yeah, get in touch with me because I'm going to coordinate this, uh, the development of this plan. So they just need to reach out to, yes, to you at council. Yes. And, um, your, have you got an address? Um, Jovi.abellianosa at hcc.govt.nz or 021 
Or if you didn't get that, just ring council and say, hey, I want to get in touch with Jovi. Jovi. <laughs> and there's only one Jovi at council, so they'll yes. know who you're talking about. Um, and I do think that's well worth doing because um, contributing to this plan is going to be a really, if we, the, the breadth of contributions will really help create something that is uniquely Hamilton um, and and hopefully broad enough to really do the work that you want to do to really welcome communities here. Yes. I think it's really exciting. What's the um, what's the time frame we're working to here? Yes. Um, we're looking at uh, having a draft plan submitted to council by November. So in saying that, it's not just me. Uh, we've actually just finished the process of... Um, having a welcoming communities advisory board so in the next few days a council might announce who those uh, people will be and they will help drive or steer how this uh, plan is going to go I think that's absolutely marvellous um, and really encourage people to think about it. Um, if you're involved with an organisation, if you're involved with the church, if you are connected to people um, or you would like to be connected to more people from diverse backgrounds, then this is a wonderful way to get involved. So do reach out to Jovi at Council. Just give them a call and ask for Jovi and talk to her about how you can get involved in the Welcoming Communities Draft Plan. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Joby, no, for coming thank along. thank you, Holly, for the opportunity. And yes. as this progresses, we will get you back to have another conversation about what this looks like as, as the planners come together. Yes. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> that is us for another week. Thank you for listening to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.